One of the things I love about St. Augustine is his personal encounter with the Word of God. That really is what brings about his deep and profound conversion. And in our chapel here at the Augustine Institute, we have a beautiful icon that uh, Elizabeth Zlasko painted for us, and it's a gorgeous icon of St. Augustine in his study. And what you get in that painting is two classic images of Augustine that almost all the artwork of Augustine since the 11th century depicts Augustine with a heart that's on fire with love for God and a book that is open. And of course, that book is the sacred word, the scriptures. And the idea is that as Augustine reads and encounters the word of God, his heart is inflamed. And of course, as Augustine will say in his own confessions in book eight, it's when he hears this children singing a, uh, a song, Tola Lege, Tola Lege, take and read. He takes up the word of God and that changes his life forever. And he loves the word of God. And the more he loves God, the more he reads the word of God. And the more he reads the word of God, the more he loves God. And that's really what leads Augustine to change his life, to walk with deep purpose. And we're going to talk about how the Word of God can help you walk with purpose in your life tonight. Speaking about walking with purpose, I'm really pleased to have a special guest tonight join us who founded a, a special ministry for women that has just done amazing work since 2008. It's uh, called Walking with Purpose, and you can find it at walkingwithpurpose.com. And I'm really happy to have the founder and, uh, and really the leader of this movement, Lisa Brennickmeyer, to join us tonight. So Lisa is the mother of seven children, and she's got two grandchildren, which you, you might be amazed to learn when you see how youthful she looks. And so, Lisa, just a joy to be with you, and thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you. It's really a pleasure, Tim. I want us to start off with, you know, this encounter with the Word of God. I want you to just share, you know, why did you, you wanted to share this with other women, and you're a convert to the Catholic faith, and, uh, but you felt that there was a need, a hunger amongst Catholic women for the Word of God. And, just to, I want to just hear how, why you started this great movement. Sure. So, yeah, I grew up Baptist, and so um, Scripture was a huge part of my life from the time I was a little girl. And I grew up memorizing it, reading it, and reading it in a way that always made it very relevant to my day-to-day -day life. I was blessed with Sunday school teachers just really from, I mean, I even mem have memories of age four, hearing stories and them teaching me why this had something to do with me, why I should be living differently and loving differently because of what I had read. And so that was such a, a core part of my relationship with Christ always. Um, I became Catholic in my 20s. And um, what I found, and I had kind of a different experience from other converts in that I moved to Europe right away when I got married and spent five years in Europe, five years in Mexico. But I missed both the small group community I had experienced in the Protestant church and also that kind of scripture study that went beyond the academic to really um, connecting with my day-to-day -day life. And lo and behold, there were other women who were longing for those same things. And when we came together, just a small group of eight of us, that's when Walking With Purpose was born. Did you find that uh, these, these women were just as Catholics and credo Catholics were hungering, for, they just didn't have a, that kind of experience you had of encountering the yeah. Word of God from a lifelong experience and thinking about, and I love what you said, that scripture is something that can be 
uh, that informs the way we live. I think that's something that's really important that a lot of people lack and are hung hunger for. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because when this group formed, um, it started with just a gathering of eight women that were going to form a family club in our parish. And I, to be honest, wasn't even very interested in being a part of it because it seemed to me that we were gonna come together and organize a lot of activities that kept us busy, but weren't gonna actually cause us to really grow in our faith. And I'd said to my husband, um, we were kind of new to town, I don't even wanna go. I think it's gonna be, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna end up having a blessing of the animals. We're going to, someone's gonna say, um, let's have movie night in the parish hall, or maybe let's take the kids to sing in a nursing home. And I'm like, I'm just not up for it. Like, I wanna grow, I wanna be with women who wanna grow. And, he just looked at me and he's like, well, maybe you should try it. Like maybe before you judge the group of women that you've never even met, just go. So I went to this meeting and um, this is the group that Walking With Purpose grew out of. But I kid you not, the first woman said, well, I think we should bless the animals. The next woman said, I think we should have movie night in the parish hall. And then a woman, I kid you not, said, let's take the kids to the nursing home. And I was so checked out. I was yeah. like, this is just what I expected. When one woman spoke up, and she said, you know, all of that is great out here, but who's gonna help me here? Mm. Because I wanna know God personally, and I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And then someone in the group said, Lisa Brennickmeyer leads Bible studies. And they all looked at me and just said, well, would you do that with us? But what I find interesting is they weren't hungry for scripture, they were hungry to know God. Mm. But they trusted me enough to think, well, maybe Bible study, which frankly, I think to most of them sounded a little boring and maybe not very relevant to their lives, would help them on that journey. Mm. And they were willing to give it a try. And that's true of so many of the women who come to Walking With Purpose. Some are hungry for scripture, but a lot of them don't yet know and don't necessarily buy into the fact that scripture can be that life-changing and relevant and really draw your heart to the Lord. Yeah, I think you put your finger on the, the, the universal longing, which is very uh, Augustinian. Our hearts are restless until they rest in Thee, O Lord, as Augustine begins his confessions that way. And it's, it's true. People are hungering for a personal relationship with God. They want to know God and they want to grow spiritually. And it's not like I want to... Now, some people are, are interested in the Bible and find that, you know, they, they want to learn that, but more people want to know God. But then if we can show them how Scripture is a great pathway to encountering God. That can be that makes scripture study a lot more interesting, doesn't it? Absolutely. And when you think about it, what we know better, we will love better. You mm -hmm. know, the more I get to know my husband, the more I love him, not the opposite. And it's yeah. true with the Lord as well. And how better to get to know him, not the God of our imagination who we think maybe God is, but God as he reveals himself through through his own voice in scripture. So, and I just see that happen in one woman's life after another. It's, mm. it's absolutely the most exciting thing in the world to witness. It sure is exciting. And I want everybody in the audience to feel free to join our conversations. If you have a question for Lisa uh, or for me, just please text us. Our text line for questions is 720-650-0100. And just say your name and, and uh, if you want to say where you're from, we always get people from literally not only every state, but all over the world. So we'd love to hear when you're from Canada or in Indonesia, wherever, uh, let us know where you're from. That'd be fun. But give us your question and join the conversation. So please do that at 720-650-0100. So it is exciting. And I think about the road to Emmaus as those two disciples are getting that Bible study, walking with Jesus, and their hearts are inflamed. And, uh, and they get that sense of, 
you know, I think for a lot of people, I'll put it this way, the plot of Scripture, if read rightly, is the plot for each one of our lives, right? That God the Father has a love story in Scripture that is a beautiful plot for our purpose and meaning. And when people study the Scriptures, they're not just to learn obscure things about Moses and Jacob and Habakkuk. They're to read the story of God's love for Israel and His love for you and me. And that's so important uh, for people to encounter that. And, and I, I, t tell us about, you've done some unique things in the way you set up your Bible studies for women. And, uh, you know, hospitality is a key thing. So talk to us about hospitality. Sure. Well, women, um, you know, we really, we love beauty, right? Beauty breaks down barriers. And so we train our women, how do you create a space that's really welcoming, that causes a woman to peek into the parish hall and think, oh, it looks a little different. It actually looks more appealing than, than I thought it would. And um, we do this because it draws women in, but also very often, this is the only time in the week that someone has made the effort to just create a space of beauty and safety um, for this woman coming in. And what it says when you've taken the time to set the stage and you know our colors are pink and green, we do a lot with flowers and, and talk to women about how do you really transform the space. And it says to the women who come in, you matter, like you mattered enough to me for me to make an effort for you. And um, and we think that really makes a difference for women as they come in. But really, there's beauty in terms of the visual, but nothing's more beautiful than feeling loved and welcomed. And I would say that is really the distinctive of Walking With Purpose is that we, um, we train our leaders in, and our leadership development program is a huge part of, of what we do and what we offer to women to really make it as simple as possible for you to lead and bring the Walking With Purpose program to your parish. Um, but we really teach women, how do you love someone to Christ? Not how do you lead someone to Christ? That's the Holy Spirit's work. But how do you love them in such a way that the barriers come down and they feel safe and they mm -hmm. feel welcomed and they feel that they matter? And um, that to me is the most beautiful thing of all is when you hear women talking about their trepidation in coming. You know, maybe they've got past experiences with women of women being catty or women being gossipy or women not being safe. And they come to this place where they're allowed to simply be themselves, to let any you know mask they might wear drop, and to really explore their faith, their doubts, their their dreams, their hopes, their struggles, um, in such a way that they're not judged, and they're not expected to come already knowing enough that they're in. You know, they're accepted. It's like come as you are. Come if you have never opened the Bible. Come if you don't own a Bible. Just come. And we're going to meet you where you are and we're mm. going to walk alongside you and love you as you come to love the Lord more and more. Well, Lisa, I love you. You clearly have a heart for evangelization because the way mm. you create hospitality, I mean, oftentimes, you know, in the church today, we just say, okay, whatever, if, we have, if it's a church basement or whatever the place is, we just, that's where we operate out of. And for you to be intentional of trying to make that place and that space beautiful and welcoming, is already loving on them. And by loving these people, you're really uh, preparing the ground for that good news that the Holy Spirit wants to share with them, right? That gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. I know, um, let me just ask you this question in case anybody has this, and I'm sure people do. If somebody in our audience is, says, gosh, that sounds fantastic. How do I find one of these Bible studies of Walking with Purpose Bible studies? Or if they feel like I would love to lead uh, a Walking with Purpose and get that kind of training, where do they find that resource? 
Yes, you find all of that on our website, walkingwithpurpose.com. So there's a location finder. You can go on if you want to find a group. It's pretty clear on our homepage how to do that, just with putting in your zip code. And, and you can connect with a coordinator who's the woman who runs um, a parish group. If you want to start a group because you don't have a group in your area, then we've got some little videos you can watch, some info that you can get just in the safety of your own home. But quickly, we encourage you to connect with one of our coaches. We have ministry coaches that are just phenomenal women who have been in ministry themselves for years with women, and they can really come alongside you, answer your questions, and brainstorm about your unique group and the best way to um, to begin a Bible study and, and offer that kind of community experience to them. So we've got online tools and training, um, but we also have real people that you can talk to, and they're some of the most amazing women you could ever get to know, and they are always at the ready to to get on the phone and offer a hand and to lead you step-by-step step if you would be interested in, in leading. And that connects you to an incredible community of women. So we've got about 3,500 women involved in our leadership, and that's that's a network. That's actually, to be honest, it's kind of an army of women across yeah, the country. Really um, and they're, they're incredible. I think they're the most incredible people on earth, our leaders. I love how they love. I love how they lead. I love their selflessness and I love their flexibility that they managed to pivot and do everything online, you know, in the mm -hmm. joyous COVID, time of the, yeah. of the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, yeah. we had been completely in person, always everywhere. And we switched it all over. So now, um, We've got virtual groups and in-person groups, parish groups, at-home mm -hmm. groups, women just doing the Bible study on their own at home. It's it's just being used and materials are used in a lot of different ways. Well, I know that at Walking With Purpose, it's a great website and it's very easy for people to navigate. So I really invite people to go check that out and get that information. One of our viewers on Formed asked this question, Lisa, how do we as women evangelize without coming on too strong? So mm. there's- What a great question. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, I think we begin with friendship, and I think such an important thing is to never look at a person um, as a project in any way. And I think the more formed we are in our faith, the more we start to recognize stuff in our culture that's really messed up, belief systems that are really off base, and and we can look at people that are so caught up in all of that and just be desperate to fix them, right? Desperate to help them. And our motive can be super pure, but people pick up very quickly when we've got an agenda and we want them to change, right? But when we just come alongside someone in friendship, take somebody out for coffee and just say, I'd love to hear your story. And then we just listen and we learn to ask questions well. You know, I think we need to do a lot of that before we issue the invitation. Um, so that people know we're genuinely interested in who they are. There's there's stuff that we're going to learn from them. And then when there is that opening to be able to say, you know, I would love to tell you my story as well, or I'd love to invite you to be a part of a group. Or, um, but I think it really does start with, with friendship. And then we need to check ourselves continuously um, if we are just loving them right where they are. But then taking that next step to encourage them to come along with us to, you know, maybe an activity or a talk or a Bible study, or just delving into the deeper questions in yeah, friendship. But if we don't have that foundation, hmm. it's going to be hard. There's going to be real resistance, I think. It's really sometimes a challenge to take that energy of wanting to share the faith. But I, I hear what you're saying is pour that energy into the person, into loving them, not just loving the faith that you want to share with them, but loving them as well as loving the faith. And then yeah. that'll create the right condition for that. 
Well, here's a great question. Emily asks, how can we best reach women influenced by postmodernism with the Word of God? And I bet that affects younger women especially. Uh, so I'll, what do you think? Gosh, that's such a good question. This is like one of my favorite subjects, so it's kind of hard to narrow it down. I think that um, we've got to understand postmodernism in order to be able to do that well. We've got to understand the tenets of postmodernism mm -hmm. and to know that this is a worldview that we all are swimming in. So even those of us who look at life through a Christian worldview, that's our lens, that's our reality. We all are deeply affected by the fact that everything around us is really looking at things in a different way. And some of the tenets of postmodernism, there's no absolute truth. Tolerance is one of the most important pillars. Individuality is, is everything. So community is not nearly as valued. Um, and then to me, what is maybe the saddest, I don't know, one of the saddest parts of postmodernism is that there's no grand narrative. So mm -hmm. the question of why am I here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? The answer really is it's all kind of meaninglessness. There's nothing that really makes sense of it. You don't have a purpose. You you don't have that kind of dignity. And when you start to really delve in and look at postmodernism, you realize that mindset leads to loneliness, leads mm -hmm. to depression, leads to discouragement, leads to hopelessness. So we're offering such hope. It's a different way of looking at life where we're saying, you know what, there is a grand narrative. Your life has meaning and um, you have a purpose and you can discover that purpose. You can know that purpose. And I think so many women are longing for an answer to the question, why is everything so messed up? Like, mm -hmm. why why does my life feel like it does? Or why, when I thought I got everything that I wanted, am I still not happy, you know? Mm -hmm. And we can step into those things and say, oh, there are answers to those questions. But we've got to figure out what are the questions that people are actually asking and not delve in like 10 steps down the road where people aren't really asking those questions yet, but everybody wants to know how can I be happy? Yeah, let's, Everybody wants to know what's the right, point of life, right? Right, absolutely. I, let's break this down into, let's just talk about high school girls, because I know you do some work and some outreach uh, and some Bible studies for high school girls. So tell us about what you think is, what are you hearing from these, these girls in high school as what, what attracts them most to the idea of a Bible study and learning and what repels them the easiest? So yeah, so I, I meet with a group of high school girls at our local Catholic high school. And um, I've been doing Bible study with them in middle school and it had been going pretty well. And something switched in high school and their interest level really waned. And what I realized is they had more pressing questions that they wanted answered. And they did not really look at scripture as being a particularly um, relevant or important source to go to. Right. They they didn't believe scripture is the word of God. It's an errand. It's, you know, basically from God's mouth to mind. Therefore, it has a lot of relevance. So I was really kind of banging my head on the wall trying to do Bible study with them because I could just see they were kind of checked out a little bit. And finally, one day I just said to them, you know what, if you could have any question answered at all, what would it be? Will you write that down for me? And they all wrote them down and I took them home and read the questions. And almost all the questions had to do with identity. Who am I? I wear so many masks. How can I figure out who I am underneath it all? I'm losing a sense of who I am. If I've gone down a certain path, can I regain my old self? Um, you know, mm -hmm. what is love? Like what, you know, just really, mm -hmm. really deep questions, but all around identity. And so I decided instead of starting with scripture, 
I was going to start with their questions. So I also knew they needed to have, they needed to get to a place where there was a little bit of buy-in with me, right? So I sat with these girls and I brought a coffee pot and sat it down in front of them. And I said to the girls, what is this? And they said, it's a coffee pot. I said, oh, okay. And um, the thing is that it's my coffee pot and what I really want is orange juice. So I'm going to put oranges into the back of the coffee pot and I'd really like fresh squeezed orange juice to come out. What do you think of that? And the girls said, um, you're not going to get orange juice. And I said, well, why not? And they said, well, because it's coffee pot and what it does is it makes coffee. And I said, well, says who? And they said, well, says the maker of the coffee pot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but it's my coffee pot. So yeah. I'm saying what I want it to and what I want it to be is an orange juice maker. And they just looked at me like I was crazy. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter what you want it to be. It's not what it's for. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? And they're like, well, look at the instruction book. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, there's an instruction book for my coffee pot. And they're like, yeah. Oh, and the construction book is going to tell me what my coffee pot is for, why my coffee pot is here. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. But do you know that that doesn't matter if all I'm stuck thinking about is it's my coffee pot, so I get to decide. I said, so that's the whole thing, that there is something this coffee pot is for, and the one who made it knows what that is, and the one who wrote the instructions knows what that is. But unless I read the instructions, and if I, unless I value the fact that the one who made it has something to say about it, none of it matters. Yeah. And I said, and girls, there's someone who made you, and he knows what you're for, and he's given you instructions about how you can live and work well so that you thrive. But if all you're doing is saying, it's my body. I get to decide. I get to decide who I am. I get to decide what I'm for. I'm like, you're going to be absolutely blocked there and you're going to actually never discover who you are. So if you're trying to figure that out online, if you're trying to figure that out based on your accomplishments or what your friends say about you, if you're trying to figure that out from the roles that you play, you'll never get there. And, and that led us to a place where they, we could begin dialoguing about why mm. the Bible might mm -hmm. be relevant right. to their question of who am I? Yeah. No, that's so beautiful. I remember using a similar analogy with uh, when I, many years ago when I taught high school at, for Bishop Chaput and a new high school he started in Rapid City. And I used the analogy of a printer and the instruction manual and all those same thing, you know, trying to use it for something else. And it helps, it helps them see. And that's so important because I think identity is always important for young people, especially teenagers. But questions of identity are even more pressing right now than ever before because they have to question their own gender. I mean, my goodness, our society has made it so hard for young people um, with this idea of identity. And I think of what Augustine talks about since thinking of the Feast of Augustine this week. And he talks about how he discovers God within himself, right? Not all, he, he was pursuing God and all the pleasures and things of the world, but God was always more interior than his inmost self. And if we can get um, these people to pray. Now talk about prayer, with, whether with the, the, the young girls or just people in your Bible studies. You know, it's great to study the Word of God. Talk, talk about the importance of learning, teaching people how to pray with the Word of God. Oh, yeah. Well, I think um, I'm super passionate about that because there's something incredibly powerful about praying God's own words back to him. So when we think about how hard it is, how hard it is to be a Christian today, right? It's not getting particularly easier, right? We're under a lot of spiritual attack and the enemy hears what we say and um, 
our, our discouraging, self-defeating beliefs that we speak out. And he whispers those back to us. They make sense to us and they can really lead us into dark places spiritually. Even when we, you know, we read scripture, we're going to mass, we're receiving the sacraments. We know what we know, but the enemy can still really mess with our minds. But when we declare God's word back to him and speak the truths of scripture and God's promises out loud in the form of prayer, it truly causes the enemy to flee and it causes us to focus on what is true. And so one of my favorite Bible studies um, that I wrote a couple years ago is called Fearless and Free. And in it, um, I teach women how to do something called the I declares, which is declaring scripture out loud as a prayer um, and declaring it in response to feelings we have as women, fear of the future, pain of the past, worry about our kids, facing present suffering, concerns um, or struggles in our marriage. And I take scripture and turn them into prayers and really encourage women to pray it out loud because I've just found in my own life what a difference that has made because there is a spiritual battle to be mm -hmm. sure. It's right up here yep. for so many of us. And what we say and how we pray can really make a tremendous difference in that battle of the mind. Mm -hmm. Sure does. Well, Cindy asked this question. She says, what what gives you hope with the young women that you work with right now? What gives you the most um, hope? You know what gives me hope is that they're asking super deep questions. Mm -hmm. I think that we had a period of time where we kind of wrote off the younger generation as being, you know, superficial and inch deep, a mild wide, doing nothing but sitting on social media. You know, we had, I think there's a lot out there that gives a very negative um, impression of the younger generation. As I listen to my kids and listen to these high school girls, Gen Z, um, I'm amazed at how deeply they're thinking and they're wrestling. And they're not just going to believe stuff because their parents told them to. And that is kind of a bummer because if they did, we wouldn't be losing kids and hemorrhaging this next generation the way that we are. Yeah. But they are asking deep questions and they want answers. And, um, and there is a strong... Um, there's a strong desire for justice and we can spin that in a very you know, negative way and be concerned about things. I look at that and I'm like, that counters selfishness. And so I think that there is a lot that's tender in the hearts of young women that is truly searching and um, they're longing to be mothered. Mm -hmm. They really are. And they're longing to be met where they are in their mess, to be deeply loved in their brokenness, but then to have someone say, I'm not just gonna leave you here. We're not gonna just sit here with all our authenticity and admitting we're all broken. No, we're gonna move forward because there is hope and there's a different way to live for you here. But that's gotta come later after you've listened to their questions, allowed them to wrestle with them, with you, without judgment. Um, but then I have found a tremendous amount of openness and joy when they're realizing, wow, there is solid ground to stand on. Like God holds up to my questions and my doubts and my concerns. And, um, and it's incredibly relevant to my own life, these answers that the Lord gives. I've seen that happen, so I'm deeply encouraged, yeah. but it always comes through deep relationship, not through reading some article about the next generation or, or looking at them like almost just as a group. No, it's always in one-on-one -on -one getting to know them mm. that I'm filled with hope. That is an important thing. And I think that's one of the things that, I think it's really unique about uh, Walking With Purpose is that you are very intentional about building relationships and inviting women into a community, into a relationships, and that's where the hospitality really embodies that. And I'm, 
I hope if there's any women who aren't in a small group, or aren't in a Bible study, and they want to find out more about uh, this wonderful program and encounter these things, again, I'm going to recommend that people go to uh, walkingwithpurpose.com uh, and check out this wonderful apostolate that Lisa has provided for women and to minister to women. And I think that, you know, we've got the feet, you, you talk about mothering these younger women, and that's a beautiful image. And I think of, you know, on uh, the 27th, uh, late, you know, the day before the Feast of St. Augustine is the Feast of St. Monica, who was a great mother who prayed her son back into the faith, and she actually prayed her husband. A lot of people forget this. She, she prayed her husband into the church. Her husband was a tough man uh, who was not living a Christian life and had a problem with anger, and she loved him into the embrace of Christ. And so she's a remarkable woman, speaking of uh, walking with purpose for women. Uh, so pray on, on this feast day of St. Monica uh, and pray, pray for uh, those who, you know, whether husbands or children that need prayers, that Monica's a good intercessor for that. And I just want to invite everybody, you know, next week, um, well, first off, uh, Lisa, let me just thank you for making the time and for really doing this great ministry to women. I, I love what you're doing. It really flows out of the Word of God, and you're sharing that Word, and it's a Word of hope. And I hope people walk away from that tonight. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And, and I want to thank everybody who supports us through the Mission Circle. Your monthly support, just $10 or more a month, allows us to have this ministry here at the Augusta Institute and on Formed and to do these, these, these works. And so I'm grateful for all of you and your support. And again, thanks so much, Lisa, and God bless everybody who's with us tonight. Take care. You can watch this show in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org. You can watch this show in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.